Hello, everybody. Welcome back to the Priceless Podcast with Taylor Price. Today, I have Michaela Alaka. How are you doing today? I am doing well. Thanks for having me. Yes. Did you come from work or we're, right now we're in LA? Um, are you based here or did you live here? Were you born here? So I'm originally from Boston, um, grew up on Boston or grew up in Boston. And then I moved out to LA back in August timeframe. Um, so I've been living here. Yep. August, 2021. Um, and I've just been living and working here for the past few months and staying for, I don't know how long. What's the move? Why come to LA? Well, so it's kind of a long story. Um, we got time, baby. <laughs> but basically, with COVID, everything that happened with COVID, I moved back into my parents' house, um, mm-hmm. saved some money, and it just got to a point where I needed to move mm-hmm. and be on my own again. So I was living at my parents' house for maybe a year and a half or so, mm-hmm. and I have a couple of friends that live out here, um, and I was ready to like totally be somewhere else. So it kind of just felt like a good fit with everything going on in my life. My work was very flexible, um, and I work remotely, so, like, it kind of doesn't matter Mm -hmm. where I live. What do you do? So I am a financial analyst. I work at a publicly traded company. I'm not going to say it. You can look it up. You don't have to say it. Yeah, yeah. So I work in finance, and I manage a bunch of different brand budgets. So Mm -hmm. all of the financial planning, forecasting, public materials, all that kind of stuff. And you also do... Yeah, I also run Break Your Budget. Okay, so okay. That is my other, my other little side hustle, I guess, that has kind of turned into so much more than that at this yeah. point. Um, so I'm on Instagram, I'm on TikTok. Those are kind of my two main, my main focuses right now. Did you think it would turn to, you know, when you were posting on social media to hundreds and thousands of followers, yeah. like... <laughs> yeah, explain that. Like, when did you start posting? Why did you even get on social media? Like, what what was the story for you there? Yeah, so I actually started Break Your Budget back in the summer of 2019 on Instagram. So I kind of used it as like an outlet or almost like a journal for things that I was buying in my mm-hmm. life and how I was spending my money. I found that a lot of my friends kind of turned to me for... Is that because you worked in finance? Yeah. So I spent about two years working in investments, like research, consulting, that Mm -hmm. kind of whole deal. And I learned a lot about stock market and investing and Mm -hmm. retirement and all of that kind of stuff. So everybody would always come to me for advice or guidance on like, should I open a 401k? Like, how much do I put in it? And I kind of realized that that was something that nobody learned about but I learned about it a at my job and b in school so that's kind of where it started I figured let me bring this online and like share what I'm doing and if people want to learn great and if they have questions or want to see how a young professional person living in a Mm -hmm. city spends their money like this would be a good example yeah yeah um and then it kind of didn't really go anywhere for about a year or so. Like, it was pretty small. Instagram um, really wasn't doing it at the no, time. No, but like, then I got on TikTok. Yeah. And that kind of all changed. So, ex- so. explain, explain, like, to Instagram at the time, like, basically 
there was no like for you or like way in which you could kind of grow through no. like an algorithm that no. TikTok. I had came like out. for a good year. It probably took me over a year to reach a thousand followers. On That's Instagram. crazy that you still like you stayed consistent. Were you posting every single yeah. day during that time too? Not every day, but most days. And like obviously, I wasn't making any mm-hmm. money. Um, but it was one of those things that was like I like to do this. I feel like it could go somewhere. <laughs> And it was kind of before I feel like all of the finance creators came out of the woodwork yeah, yeah. almost. Like, um, so I feel happy now looking back that I like started when I started because I feel like if I had started any later, it started at the same gone, time. Like, yeah, it would have yeah. gone like I feel like buried under everybody else who was kind of in the space now. Mm-hmm. And and the transition from Instagram to TikTok was that naturally? Did somebody say like? Hey, hop on TikTok. Because for me, when I first uh, saw TikTok, and this was from a friend in May of 2019, I saw the platform and I'm like, this is dancing. Like, this is not, this is not like any sort of education. I am not hopping on this until I actually came out here to LA in December 2019 and started my account. So what was it like for you? Did, you know, did you see it beforehand? Did you think like, no, this is not a platform or did you just test it out? So I like, didn't know what TikTok was until quarantine. And then I like got on TikTok as a user, mm-hmm. like watching consumer, videos. Yeah. I got very addicted to it. I'm sure like everybody else. As the rest the of the world. Time. <laughs> um, and it's something that in the back of my mind, I thought like, okay, maybe I would post on TikTok, but like, I don't want people to see it. So I never did for probably nine or 10 months. When you say people to see it, do you mean like, your friends, like yeah, the, like the, people the, in my life. Okay. Um, wow. Because at that point in time, like I, my Instagram was still really small. Mm-hmm. So the only people in my life that really knew about it or found it were my friends who I talked to about it, mm-hmm. or like family. It wasn't like the peripheral people in mm-hmm. my life, like coworkers. But yeah, or, I create content. Yeah, like friends of friends or people from college, like girls in my sorority, that kind of thing. I didn't want people to see it and be like, what is she doing why is that um, is, it, is there like a stigma behind like influence like being an influencer or content creator that I don't know I think it was more just I am naturally a very shy and introverted person mm-hmm. and so putting myself on the internet was like a big step weird to me yeah um but then I ended up posting a tiktok I posted a few tiktoks um, back in December and that like weird week after Christmas before New Year's where mm-hmm. I had nothing to do. Um, and it was actually a video of me like writing in a notebook about like how to direct your money to different accounts. That's your signature kind yeah, of like, a Yeah, and, and that, that like kind you of... You got nice handwriting. Yeah, that <laughs> helped me, it helped me, I think, get over the TikTok thing because I could do TikTok, but like it wasn't my face. Like mm-hmm. it wasn't me making a video also like video content was so out of my comfort zone Mm -hmm. at that point like I had no idea what I was doing um and I had a few of those videos go super viral um they got a couple million views that really helped actually give me like a base of Mm -hmm. followers I think I hit in the first month like 100k or so yeah um and then I was like okay now that I have some followers on here when people find my page they'll be like oh this is a little bit more legit what were you thinking like going from 
okay, a thousand followers on Instagram, then you're going on this platform that you didn't even know about until quarantine, TikTok, and then eventually you start posting and boom, within a month you're at a hundred thousand where you're like, fuck Instagram. Like what? Literally (laughs) for like a couple of weeks, I, I didn't not post on Instagram, but I didn't really pay any attention to it because I'm like, this isn't working and like this is, so let me lean into it while it is. Mm -hmm. Maybe I can transfer my audience from one platform to another. And did that Um, happen? Sort of. Mm -hmm. I found, um, it definitely took me a little bit longer on Instagram to grow, but now that I've kind of crossed, I feel like once you cross cross the 10K threshold, Mm -hmm. it becomes so much easier. Your content gets pushed Mm -hmm. out a little bit more. They need to fix that. Yeah, they, but like, they do. Yeah. It definitely helps once you get there because I think I hit on Instagram, I hit 10K maybe like two months ago and now I'm at 25-ish. Yeah, yeah. So I think relatively speaking still small, but the amount of time it took me to get there to now be more than double mm-hmm. um, is crazy. So I It's think insane. That's like, I still go through that. I'm like, yeah. Damn. Even on even YouTube as well too. I'm not sure if you've tried like, long-form YouTube, that is a whole ballgame. Yes, yes. I've I've been told by a few people I should probably get on YouTube. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Going back to the the time at 100K, like, are you telling your internal circle, your friends, your family about, like... Yeah, people started paying attention to it a little bit. Or, like... Did they see your video, like, hey, I think this is you or your voice. Yeah, so that happened a little bit earlier in the year, but then... About, I want to say June time frame, I had another video. I did, like, a stitch, and it got, it like, 12 million views, which was wow. a lot. So, yeah, like, yeah. when you have that many views, it goes to people that you know. Mm-hmm. Um, so, it was at that point that people... Was it of your life, face? That yes. Was this, oh, yes. it was a um, big one. <laughs> so, people at that point in my life like, started oh my God, Michaela, being, I like, know. Yeah, I didn't know you were on TikTok. Like, you came up on my For You page, and I'm like, oh, no. I got messages at work, like, I saw you were on TikTok. Like, do you want some merch, like my company merch we wear in in your videos? And I'm like, you know, if you're going to send it, sure. But, yeah, yeah, it was at that point that people started to know, and everything kind of changed. What was the outsider's perspective? So... You definitely were leaning more into it, like you said. What was yeah. your the reaction of of your parents and your friends? Were they were they supportive, or did you realize? Did you notice like your circle got smaller? Because like for me, when I was posting, like my circle instantly, or when I started kind of like blowing up or going yeah. viral, my circle went from like this. Then I realized like, yo, there's a whole bunch of people not supporting me. I'm gonna make my yeah. circle like a lot smaller. And yeah. so did that did that kind of happen to you too, or are you still like the same people that In a you know? way, I would say I've nobody has ever said anything negative mm-hmm. to me. Um, but I definitely have different pockets of friends who are significantly more supportive or interested mm-hmm. compared to some other ones. So like I have friends that I'll go to to talk about TikTok stuff or business stuff or whatever. And then I have friends where we don't really talk about it at all. It's Mm -hmm. almost like a different life. Mm -hmm. Um, So I wouldn't say that none of my friends really stop being my friend, obviously, Mm -hmm. now that I, I guess, do social media. But definitely shifted, I think, some relationships. Yeah, yeah. Straight up question. Why are you still at your full-time job? (laughs) You have a lot of followers. I'm sure you're doing a lot of brand deals and sponsorships and affiliates and that kind of thing. I know, um, speaking from other podcasts, 
people have have quit their jobs to pursue social media full time because yeah. of how prevalent it and good it is during this specific time. Whereas like maybe next year it won't be because maybe the pandemic will have lessened then and yeah. you know so like what's 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 holding you back? So a couple of things. The first is like. I like my job. Mm-hmm. At least as of now, I like it enough to stay in the sense that I feel like I'm getting good experience. It, and it keeps, the second piece of it is it keeps the pressure off of the social media stuff. Like my fear is that I would leave my job and then all of a sudden something that was fun for me is now a career no longer it's, fun it's, and it's pressure. Yeah. Um, and I feel like when there's that much pressure to like make money or like, I mean, I'm not in a position where if I didn't make money for mm-hmm. a couple of months, I couldn't pay any of my bills, but more That's so it just, funds. like, yeah, <laughs> it just, it, it puts a different layer, I feel like, on what you're doing. Mm-hmm. That being said, I would have so much more time to, like, do all the things that I want to do. You could do, you could pursue the long-form YouTube content. Yes. Oh, yeah, I would have so much time. I could have a podcast, yeah. I could do YouTube, I could do so many things, um, so, it, I mean, it's obviously crossed my mind. I make more money doing social media at this point than I do at my job, wow. but it's much less consistent. So, mm-hmm. like, I have a couple of brands that I work with on a more long-term basis, mm-hmm. but you kind of never know. And I think the challenge is when you do sponsored content is you can't predict the conversion. So, like, with one of my partners, we had a conversation recently just about conversion and stuff and how that impacts rates if mm-hmm. you have a really good month or a really bad month. And those kinds of things are so out of your control. Yeah. Um, and I'm such a, what's the word, like cautious, conservative, conservative minded yeah. person mm-hmm. when it comes to like finances that yeah. I'm just terrified to not have the consistency. Yeah. Um, but it's on my radar. Have so, you thought we'll about, like, okay, social media, one thing. But I noticed that even myself, that we all realize that, you know, social media can be a very finite stage, you know. Like, yeah. you can be trending, and then you can fall off. But mm-hmm. each of us have kind of, um, from other podcast, another podcast, we were talking about, like, passive income streams. Well, yeah. making all the money that we're making now, we're able to either invest in real estate or stay crypto or invest in art or do a, even start like our own businesses. Would that be something that you would want to ever do? Like start your own business? And yeah. Yeah. So I actually do sell like a product and I sell a course. So mm-hmm. that I think is like kind of the beginning of what I would look at as a broader business. To help you quit your job. Yeah. So yeah. <laughs> that like I sell a template that is I I mean I would consider it pretty successful and I have a course that I get regularly consistent mm-hmm. enrollments in and that's all like entirely passive. I talk about it on my Instagram and my mm-hmm. TikTok, but that I'm not like doing anything for that. Like actively yeah. Yeah, it's all done. It's mm-hmm. more just the constant you put marketing in the work, of it. You put in the work before and now you're yeah. just kind of but that it's so unpredictable. It's yeah. like one month, like last month I ran a sale on it and it was fantastic. But this month, since I just had a sale, it's kind of like a lot slower. Yeah. Um, and I think too, part of having my current job is I'm learning on the outside, like what works and what doesn't work without, again, the pressure of if something's not doing well. 
mm-hmm. it's not stressful for me because I know that I still have money coming in in different yeah. places. So I think definitely want to expand outside of content creation. I'm just not sure what direction yet yeah, yeah. I really want to go in. Yeah. So. I think a lot of people probably like watching this now are, are in your similar position or at least they're, they have their full-time job. They want to get started into content creation. Can you explain like time, a time management is a skill, oh right? God, yes. So like what is, what does a day in the life look like for Break Your Budget Michaela? Yeah. So I think my schedule is a little unique because like I said, I work East Coast hours. So mm-hmm. I live on the West Coast and I work typically for my job like 6 a.m to 2 so obviously that's a huge portion of my day Mm -hmm. um but in that period of time like if I'm either having a slow day or I'm taking a break or whatever I'm able to respond to emails for break your budget I'm able to you know create graphics whatever kind of stay ahead of stuff and then after work usually I'll like go on a walk take a break and then I come back and I'll spend maybe like two or three hours doing either filming sponsor content or film batch filming a lot of my TikToks. I do content so, batching. Yeah. yeah, so I'll film like two or three weeks worth of TikToks mm-hmm. in one go. And then over the course of the next couple of days, I'll like spend half an hour here or there editing them when I have time. And that way I always have something to post. And then same with my Instagram content, like I'm repurposing mm-hmm. everything. The so recycle, reuse, reuse, recycle. something's <laughs> on my TikTok, 99% chance two or three weeks later, it's going to be on my Instagram reels. Mm -hmm. Or I'll turn it into, like, a carousel post. Mm -hmm. So, like, the bulk of the content's done. The information's already there. Yeah, put it in Mm -hmm. non-video form so it feels different, has Mm -hmm. a different um, structure to it. And that really helps. And then I usually will devote, like, 15 minutes a day to, like, responding to DMs or I'll do Q I do Q and A's every week. So like I always try and make sure that I get those up on time. Um I just started a Facebook group for all the people who have purchased oh, my template. Good. So yeah. like now I'm gonna have to do not have to, but I will do like ten to fifteen minutes every couple of days responding to community management. Like, it adds up. So how are, so is this through like do you have a system or a routine or is this kind of like, I feel like I, I have the time right now. I'm going to do it right now. Do you use like for a, creative stuff? Yeah. Usually. I mean, I have a system for when I'm feeling creative, I guess. Mm-hmm. So like if I'm having a day where I'm, you know, dressed and like feeling good and want to film TikToks, I will do it. Um, I usually keep a running list too. So mm-hmm. like I have content ideas all the time. Mm-hmm. Um, but some so you just write just it down like, when you yeah, think of it. Yeah. yeah. And some days I just don't want to film and I don't want to be on camera and I don't want to be on Instagram. So like having those things ready to go makes it so much easier. And same with my Instagram content. Like I usually spend maybe an hour or two every Sunday like doing all of my Instagram stuff two weeks out basically because again I'm repurposing mm-hmm. videos and then Sometimes I'll film myself doing that, like a time lapse, and then that's a bunch of content that yeah, I can yeah, use yeah. and just do a voice. Everything's put content it now. Sound. Like it's just those kinds of things that I have to be conscious of if I'm doing something that I can film. Mm-hmm. I'm gonna sit down and film it, and yeah, and then I do. I have an email list, so I'll batch all my emails. Again, that's repurposing. So it seems like content. the batching is like a, a key staple yes. for the helping with the time management yeah. for. 
if I didn't match, I would not post. Like, I just cannot, I, during the day, if I don't have something ready to go, it's, you, you will not see me on We will Instagram. not see, yeah. <laughs> break your budget. Yeah. There will be nothing there. <laughs> yeah. Um, so yeah, batching is like the key to everything yeah. for me. Yeah. I, I learned that. I think I learned that at the height of the pandemic, when the pandemic, I mean, not height. Well, when it first started, I was um, working a full-time job. I was going to school full-time as well, too. And then I was doing this, uh, I was doing um, the content creation. And then on the weekends, I would bartend um, at the, uh, in New York, where all this was happening at the time, uh, bartending is legal at the age of 18, for those who are wondering (laughs) how I could bartend. Um, And so I found that, the content batching really helped solidify everything where yeah. I was able to get like between two and 10 videos a day as a result of taking my Sundays. Um, and, and instead of making it a rest day at the time, like, okay, this yeah. is my content creation day, you yeah. know? Yeah. yeah. The batching is so important. The mm-hmm. challenge though is like, sometimes you just don't want to do it. Yeah. Um, and I think more recently I've been feeling this, like I've booked a first class ticket to burnout on what I'm doing right now. So <laughs> I'm going home in a couple of weeks and yeah. I'm like planning to take a little bit of reset time mm-hmm. and like strategy time and really map out like okay what, am what I is 2022 here? look like yeah. you know yeah I have no idea what is in store for next year I have a couple of things um I have some new contracts that are in the works at this point but beyond that I don't know yet I need to like really think about the direction that I want to go yeah um and see what sticks what's the inspiration behind the term break your budget I don't something it just came to me like I know that that's not probably an exciting answer but I don't know I was sitting there and I it came to me and the handle was available and I was like oh my god I did I just stumble upon just did something (laughs) but no as I've thought about it like in my mind I think of break your budget as being like kind of breaking out of following what we traditionally think of as a budget because I don't really think about budgeting in the traditional sense anymore. I think of it more as how am I spending my money to like better my life? What's the traditional for those trying to tap a little bit more into you? What's the traditional like way that you kind of perceive budgeting? So initially like I feel like a lot of people think about budgeting as like this very restrictive boring yeah like (laughs) I don't want to follow a budget because it takes too much time and I want to live my life and I'm young people don't like following the rules no no so I I really try and stay away from that and I always share like guidelines from Mm -hmm. a structural standpoint so like think of your budget in three buckets like you have your stuff you have to pay for you have the stuff you want to pay for, mm-hmm. and then you have your goals. And, like, yeah. you have to think about your goals as part of the equation or mm-hmm. else you're not going to save any money because you're not going to be thinking about yep. those things. Yeah. Um, so that's kind of the message that I try to send. And then for all of the money that, like, you want to spend on your life, that's really great. But, like, what are the things that actually add value to your life and like what are you spending money on that you don't realize Mm -hmm. um like for me I found in LA I spend a lot of money on parking so like how can I plan a little bit better to either avoid paying for parking or to like make it not an issue 
Just um, stay at home, you know? Yeah. <laughs> you already do remote so work anyway. It's so much easier. <laughs> but it's things like that. Like, it's the little things. I always say a small leak can sink a big ship. It's the little yep. things, the $5 things that people don't think about mm-hmm. that totally end up derailing them. So, so. let me ask you about, because I know this, this always seems a prevalent um, topic among social media and, and personal finances, the coffee, the, yeah. the, the Starbucks. Yeah. yeah. So you just said, like, the little tiny things like amount to a bigger picture, like the, the ship will still sink. So what do you think about like the, the Starbucks, you know, purchases and, and so the... I'm biased because I love coffee so much yeah. and that's like <laughs> one of the most important things for me that I spend money on. But again, when it comes to those things, like is buying a coffee every day going to make you show up better? Is that going to make you the best version of you? Or mm-hmm. are you just buying it out of habit? Like mm-hmm. that's what I want people to differentiate like, for me, coffee's a big thing. Another thing, now that I've been living out here, is, like, juice. I love I love juice, juice, too. Like, yeah, yeah. I love going to Erewhon. Like, mm-hmm. I love doing those very cliche, mm-hmm. basic L.A. things because it's still new and exciting. Mm-hmm. And I'm going to spend money on that because I want to. And then, as a result, there are probably other things I'm not spending money on. Um, or I'm actively trying to not spend money on to allow me to experience so it's like this a new mm-hmm. thing in my life. Yeah. Um, or this new period of time in my life. So I think mm-hmm. it's finding, I hate to say finding balance. Yeah. That, again, it's like mm-hmm. so, such annoying advice to give. But it's hard. It is, yeah. it is what it is. Like yeah. you have to think about the give and the take. Mm-hmm. Um, especially if you're in a position where you're either income constrained or your bills are really high and there's nothing you can do about it. Um, you have to think about what's important to you. Yep. Yep. How, how did you even get into finance because again speaking from my own uh it's not something that was like super prevalent for a lot of people like Mm -hmm. when I was going to college or you know the only reason why I even stumbled upon finance because what I wanted to become a neurosurgeon I wasn't able to do because of my spinal fusion surgery and so I asked my mom who's a, a finance major she graduated um with a bachelor's in finance what to do and she said okay well when you try like the finance route that's the only reason why I, I even stumbled upon this route so like what was that story for you yeah so I mean I studied finance in school and I think when I think back to it I had always in my life kind of had this weird fascination with money like growing up my parents had gifted me like a bank almost like a piggy bank but it wasn't a traditional piggy bank. Mm-hmm. It was like you could put coins in the top and it like... Like it actually looked like a It was bank. like an ATM almost. Okay, well, wow. like a toy, but you yeah. could put real money in it. Um, so I would like hoard my allowance and like I loved... I, I feel like it was almost an addiction like seeing the number go up <laughs> yeah, and up yeah, yeah. and up. Um, and I don't know if that just translated into me choosing my college major. I knew I was going to do business and I almost did marketing and I took like a marketing prereq class and mm-hmm. it felt so... To me, it felt like overcomplicated common sense. And I know that it's so much more than that. But at the time, I was like, how am I not doing well in this class when it feels so obvious? And I think it was just the way that my brain worked wasn't in that creative kind of marketing brain sense. I don't even know. Hey, you're doing a lot um, of creative marketing. Now, yeah, now right looking now, at it, it's like, good. okay, maybe, maybe I'm okay at that. Yeah. Um, but I just like math. And I like when the numbers work and everything adds to what it's supposed to add that's part of why I like my job because 
it's very much so you're tying a number, there is an answer, mm-hmm. and you're getting to it, and it's satisfying. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I don't know if that answers the question, but, like, money was always something that I liked, and then... No, I love the ATM. Like, That's worked. pretty cool. And then it became a thing, like, I like looking at the stock market. I loved doing that for work. It was just too much for, like, a career. Very demanding. Explain that a little more. Like, why why not the stock market? Or like, in investment banking or? I did investment consulting. Okay. Um, so I worked on a team that consulted and, like, managed their portfolios for a bunch of endowments and foundations mm-hmm. all over the U.S. Um, and I really liked what, like, what I was actually doing. Like, I learned a lot about asset allocation and portfolio management from an institutional standpoint and then also, like, how... Um, different investment management firms, you know, use either trading algorithms Mm -hmm. or different portfolio strategies to beat the market. Mm -hmm. It was a very interesting line of work, but just the amount of time and hours that I worked was not manageable for me. Yeah, Um, yeah. I hear a lot of people, like, in those fields. Um, There was a study that came out, I think, at the beginning of... I think it was the beginning of 2021 with Goldman Sachs and that the amount of hours these guys were making, uh, they, these were doing versus what they were making, yeah, like, like average out to minimum wage. Yeah, yeah. it's crazy. It's, so you hear like a flashy salary, but... It's insane. Yeah. Yes. Um, the, so yeah, it wasn't for me. I, I like really don't do well if I'm under a lot of stress. Yeah. Um, and I also have like personal things and business things I want to do outside of just my job. Um, mm-hmm. And I couldn't do that mm-hmm. in that industry what are some of those things like what do you do outside of um social media and like your your current job well I spend a lot of time with my friends that's something that I'm really trying after the whole COVID thing to like the quality time yes make like a very important part of my life that fell I feel like Mm -hmm. on the back burner for so long um I feel like there was a period of uh, so many people obviously we all went through the same thing Mm -hmm. um but I lost my 25th year and half of my 26th year. And I feel like those are such important years in your 20s that you don't yeah. get back. Yeah. It's um, like I saw something like, can we just erase whatever just happened and start back to the like, yeah, year? Yeah, right like, when this it is, started. This is because, 2020. Yeah, everybody's been moving to birthday. Literally. Because it's time that you don't get back. So that is like my big, big focus now, which is why there are so many business things I want to do that I just can't do and also have a life but I'm also really into like health and fitness like I love to do Pilates and I love to go on walks and I love to just go to the beach and like yeah I feel like I feel like that ties in with like you know your what what you're saying is like the being healthy and and mindful and understanding like your boundaries and your limits yeah Um, I'm really into routines and like and I think that translates, too, into finances, like yeah. financial wellness, oh, financial routines, financial self-care. Like, that's something that mm-hmm. I think is important that doesn't get a lot of attention. And so many people are focused on what's hot right now, yeah, yeah. like crypto <laughs> stuff <laughs> and, like, meme stocks yeah. and NFTs and all of that. And I think that's really cool and important. But at the end of the day, most people really need to focus mm-hmm. on, like, the two or three things that are necessary to just be set up. So, like... A retirement account, a budget, yeah, and a little bit of a system, and then we can go on to this other yeah. stuff. We, then we can create settles. a budget to, you know, have our day trading account, have our ever NFTs and yeah. riskier investments yeah. and everything like that. Yeah. When it comes to 
budgeting and when it comes to trying to figure out this whole financial thing, you mentioned like financial self-care, like what, yeah. what would that look like to somebody who's totally like, they, they haven't seen my content, they just stumbled upon this video because the algorithm did me super yeah. well and did us super well. Yeah. <laughs> like what would that look like? So I think when it comes down to it, if you were like just starting in personal finance or like on, I guess, your financial journey, the first thing that I always say to do is like survey where you're at and mm -hmm. know your numbers. So a lot of people won't do this because they don't want to know. Yeah. Um, and they don't want to the actually credit statements yeah, like bank. put pen to paper yeah. and look at the reality of where they're at. That I think is the most intimidating step, but it's the most important step to mm -hmm. actually feel the sense of motivation to create a budget, which would be the next thing. So I always say, know your numbers first, map out what you want to accomplish, set a couple of goals, and then actually do it. So that's the the other piece that people don't do is they'll sit down and they'll you create gotta a budget down. and then... Oh, wait, you got to do it. <laughs> yeah, they'll move it off to the side or they won't create the account. They won't set up the transfer. They won't actually look at their bank statements They'll say that they want to do all of these things and then they just don't. It's and about the execution. Exactly. And I think so many people get caught up in like consuming content and yeah. scrolling on Instagram and like reading all the books and being like, it's now the best time for me to set up mm -hmm. my retirement account. And it's like, you just have to actually do it first and learn by doing. And if you're not going to do that, you're like not going to get anywhere. Yeah. That's the thing too. Like when... I'm, I'm either getting like interviewed or, or talking to somebody and like they're like oh does your content really really have a significant impact on other individuals I'm like well um, for somebody who's just liking the video I don't know if they're executing based off that yeah. like they can just they can like it and execute but what I'm saying within there like opening a, you know a Roth IRA or something yeah. along those lines it can be um, quite difficult just out of curiosity what's what's your demographic do you find yourself like having a lot of women because for me right now it's about like 71 percent female audience I think on TikTok I have a more split audience of men and women on Instagram definitely more women I don't mm -hmm. know the exact number I think on Instagram I'm like 80 20 but on TikTok oh, I'm wow. more like 60 40 mm -hmm. um women being the larger there yeah, yeah, yeah. um and I think TikTok, you know, the finance space on TikTok is unique because there are a lot of people interested in crypto mm -hmm. and that whole thing. But then there are a lot of people who are just interested in Roth IRAs and yeah, like yeah. retirement. And I think that There's is some not gender within. specific. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. But on Instagram, like on my Instagram stories and stuff, I'm sharing things about my life and my day and what I'm doing and my coffee and my routine. Your green juice. Yeah. And that like that, I think naturally more women are interested Gravitate in, like in my age range too. Because mm -hmm. um, I've done some surveys on like, for example, Black Friday shopping. Like I bought mm -hmm. a bunch of clothes on Black Friday and mm -hmm. I did a little poll and I was like, are you interested in seeing what I got? Because I bought a bunch of clothes and like I can tie that back into personal finance. Like we shopped a sale. How much money yeah. did I spend? Like, how much did you save? Did you do cost <laughs> per wear? Like I yeah. use Rakuten. So I, think like, I, I think I saw one of those video. I think you had a, was it, did you create a video or something about your clothing and how the cost per wear? Oh, oh no, that's, um, Becca, she did okay. she's on Blonde, Broken, Bougie. She okay, has like okay. a whole spreadsheet. I follow that because I've never heard that term. Yeah. yeah, she does cost per wear on like 
how many times it, if she buys nice clothes yeah. so like say she's buying something from I don't know like Aritzia or something that's on the pricier side she'll do a cost per wearing track how many times she wears it to see if it's actually worth yeah I, I don't do that that's too much tracking mm-hmm. for me but um it's interesting to yeah. look but it was funny because when I had posted that poll that was like do you want to see what I bought Everybody that voted no, or like 90% of the people that voted no were guys. Yeah. Because it's like they don't care. That's not what they're here yeah. for. But then there were so many more yeses, and mm-hmm. it was all women. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I like to end the podcast as we wrap it up here with what is one piece of priceless information or life advice that you can provide today to like one of the listeners? Sure. I think. The one piece of advice, or I guess the one thing that I do that has helped me the most with my finances is <laughs> establishing a consistent weekly money routine. I think a lot of people will, you know, again, do a one-off thing. They'll create a budget. They won't go back to it. I have found success in my finances by consistently doing the same thing over mm-hmm. and over and over again. Um, and it's boring and it's not fun, but... It helps. It's a systematic process that you just do over and over and over and you see the results. And And you can shapeshift that system however it fits your life, Mm -hmm. and you should, but you need to have some type of process in place to just keep things moving. Mm -hmm. Otherwise, you end up with a bunch of money sitting in your checking account and no progress or an overdrafted credit card statement. Mm -hmm. Like, you just need, you need to have something in place every week without fail, 10 minutes. That is priceless. Yes. That is, where can people find you today? You can find me on Instagram, TikTok. All my handles are Break Your Budget. Um, yeah. That is it. That's right. Thank you so much, guys, for tuning in, and I will see you on the next one. Peace.